Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast. I'm here with a special guest today, Eden, and I'm really, really excited to talk to her and talk about her story. As you know, the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast is a podcast where you get to get a fresh start, a fresh start on your outlook, your perspective, your vantage point, your options, your choices, your decisions, and the solutions that you come up with. So this podcast is not just about problems and griping and complaints. It's about solutions, right? And so that's what I want to do is be able to give you a fresh start with each episode. Um, So definitely, if you haven't done so already, please tune in. Please subscribe. Please positively rate this podcast. Give it five stars if you get benefit from it. I would deeply appreciate that. Share it with your friends and family. Also, please donate to this podcast. As I've said in earlier podcasts, um, this podcast is something that I share with you. It's free right now. It's it's not something that you have to pay for, uh, and I'd like to keep it that way. It's also a place where uh, I talk about the 501c3 that I started, the Resilience Project, which is a project that I started to help teens, adolescents, and young adults with mental health issues, life coaching, therapeutic techniques, and a life coping skill so they don't become the next generation of people who need psychiatric care. And if you looked at some of the recent things in the news um, with students, with adolescents, with children, with teens, with young adults, and the high rate of mental health issues they have, especially things like anxiety and panic attacks and panic disorders, you can tell that this country really does have a mental health epidemic. And it's been that way for a long time, especially since the pandemic, right? And I think in a lot of ways, we have so many technological changes that it's even making it worse. Uh, We've got ChatGPT, we've got all this AI. So many people are completely tuned into their devices all the time, that they're not spending time interacting with other humans. And I just don't think it's good. So please donate to this podcast. Please donate or email me about information about how to donate to the Resilience Project, it's really, really important. And I promise you, if you pay it forward towards helping teens, young adults, adolescents, it's gonna come back to help you. Because whether you like it or not, those are the people who are gonna be taking care of you when you get old, right? So that's just the way it is. That's the nature of things. That's the cycle of life. So please play it forward. Please tune in. Please donate to this podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, And it allows me to do things as well with my practice to help people who aren't in a position to pay and to offer discounts and things like that. So please do that. Um, And check out the most recent episode. So earlier today, uh, so this is a two podcast episode today. Earlier today, I recorded a podcast where I gave thanks to Oprah Winfrey, Super Soul Sundays, and Oprah's Thought for the Day newsletter, which I think is really, really good in terms of setting an, an intention and a focal point for each and every day. So if you don't start off with a focal point with an intention for each day, then you're just operating on automatic pilot. And that automatic pilot is most likely going to be where you left off yesterday, which may have been on a bad note. So you don't want to do that. You want to start every day off on a positive note with an intention that you critically and intentionally set to make your day go the way that you want it to go. So definitely check out that episode. Then also check out the recent episodes on self-care and self-love that I did with my client, um, an artist, performer, singer, and social media um, 
host, Phoenix Soul, and then the recent episode that I did with my client, Melot Tezera, about stability. So without further ado, uh, let's start with today's podcast. So I've got a, a really, really special guest uh, that I'd like to introduce you to today. Her name is Eden, and I want her to tell her story. Uh, I want to tell her story, and I want to express kind of my... Ugh, how upset I am that she's having to go through this as a guest of this country, um, as somebody who's trying to stay in this country and contribute to this country in a positive way. But some of the things or lack thereof that are preventing her from doing that just really get under my skin. And so I want to talk about that today. So without further ado, welcome Eaton. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. David. I'm honored to be here. Oh, thank you so much. I am so, so proud of you for being brave and courageous and going out your comfort zones to do this. I know it's, it's probably so not easy. You seem like a shy person to me, <laughs> a little bit reserved, right? Uh, depends on the day. <laughs> depends on the day. But yeah. I appreciate you. It takes a lot of courage to do and, and, and have do this episode with me. I know I'm growing into kind of myself in terms of doing podcast episodes and speaking about things, but certainly for somebody who's never done it, it can be mm -hmm. nerve wracking. So thank you so much for, for giving of yourself. And regardless of what happens with your circumstances, I believe that by sharing your story and sharing your experiences and your opinions and feelings and thoughts, that even if it doesn't directly benefit you, it's going to benefit someone else. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you would, Eden, tell me a little bit about your recent experience with your visa. Mm-hmm and your immigration status, mm -hmm. and your ability to stay in the United States. Um, so I guess a little bit about the situation, so whoever's listening will get a better picture. I immigrated here from Israel five years ago. I moved here as a foreign student and recently graduated around a month ago. Did really good, had um, almost like the three last semesters, all 4.0 GPA, like really high. Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, I've also done a, thank you so much. I've done a minor in acting. I've been in theater before I even started college, before even high school. I've always been someone that worked in the art field, like side to side with studying and I've always done things on the side. So wow. a place like America seemed, especially a city like Atlanta that's so progressive and has so much diversity and um, just so many different kinds of people you can learn from was this creative hub. And I just thought moving here was really a place that I could experience myself more and grow to the person that I want to be. And it had so much opportunities. You know, that's why we call it the American dream. Because as much as this country is flawed, there are a lot of opportunities. Yes. And I knew that art is the only thing I wanted to do, whether it's acting, uh, writing, tattooing, illustrating, painting, any of those. Those are all things I'm good at, and I just wanted to do it here. So after moving here and graduating, I got approved for a work visa after graduation. Okay. And this work visa is called OPT, so it's basically not an H-1B visa that is the most common known work visa. Okay. It's an extension for your student visa for a year for work purposes. So this is an option that if there's any foreign students um, that started uh, studying in this country, know that you do have that option after graduation, extending your visa for a year for work purposes, building a resume, and then going from there if you want to transfer to another visa to stay here. 
So I applied to that in around February and it was approved pretty quickly, like within a week. February of this year? Uh, yes, okay. this year. February yeah. of 2023. Yeah, very quick. And I had to make sure I wanted to do it before my graduation date. And I'm, I, was, I graduated um, March 16th. So I wanted to make sure I do it at least a month in advance. Uh, so then usually if it gets approved, you, you have a start date. You could choose your own start date. And what I always advise to people, choose a start date. You could like choose your start date to be three months after graduation. Choose it as further as possible to give yourself time to find a job. Mm -hmm. So then after the start date, they give you 90 days um, that go towards unemployment. But on the 90th day of unemployment, like you can't stay. So you need to find employment. It could even be volunteer work or really anything, internships, uh, freelance work in the first 90 days to show that you're doing something with yourself. 90 days? Did you say 90 days? Mm-hmm. So, so let me just kind of understand this, right? Yes. It just, as somebody was born in this country and takes a lot of stuff for granted. Yes. Um, regarding, you know, finding employment and jobs yes. and things like that. Yes. After that's approved, you only have 90 days to find a job? Yes. 90 days. 90 days. Yeah. Do you think that's enough time to find a job? Absolutely even? not. I honestly, to, this is where my, I guess, two cents comes in. Mm -hmm. I feel like being a, a foreign student here, you're literally put through limbo. Sometimes I really feel like I'm in a video game and to elevate to a higher level, you keep having obstacles thrown at you. And I know that foreign students were not citizens of this country, but it would be nice to be treated with a little bit more humanity. That was my experience yes. here. Another thing that we don't have the rights to is to legally work like during college outside of campus and mm -hmm. on campus jobs are usually like only like eight to seven dollars an hour. Some of them pay you below the minimum wage. Oh, wow. Yeah. And below the minimum wage. Yeah, there, there is, there is, uh, some positions that are like less than $8 an hour, like mm. less than seven twenty-five. So that's something that is not talked about enough. Mm -hmm. And they have to realize like, yes, college is for studying, but some people need to, to be able to pay rent and be able to eat and be able to drive and pay for gas. And where do they expect the money to come from? I was lucky. I was able to get grants, um, mm. for different things that I'm, I'm doing, but I do think basic like human rights, like if you're going to this country, paying for a college, getting education, showing your crafts and your talents and your intelligence, why shouldn't you be permitted to work at the same time if you're working towards a degree because you want to help better the economy or the work situation in America and every other foreign country that we look at foreign students, they can work, you know, so that's another obstacle. So yes, to answer your question, I get 90 days. And that's, you know, and, you know, you know how you get a sense of how my practices work, right? Yes. Regardless of the reason why somebody comes to me, to, to any of my practices, mm -hmm. the basis of it is let's get to the root cause of the problem, right? Yes. And I think you just, we just kind of uncovered a couple of root causes of things is because having 90 days yeah. after you graduate or after it's approved to find a job. Mm -hmm. I mean, most Americans, if you're an American and you, let's say you graduate from college at the top of your class, you're valedictorian. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, there's some people who might actually have a job lined up before they graduate. That happens, right? Yes. Now, in some of those cases, it's working for people that they already know. 
Absolutely. Right, or their parents, or their mm-hmm. family, or mm-hmm. a family friend, or some other kind of thing. Absolutely. Or some company that they interned at, or that they yeah. have a relationship with. But yeah. to me, just honestly, it's absurd that somebody would be expected to find a job in 90 days. Especially if they're not, if they weren't born in this country, and they're yeah. not a citizen. 90 days yeah. to find a It takes most HR departments, <laughs> and a, a month or two just to make all that happen. So that yeah. means basically... When we boil it down, when we get to the root cause, that means that you've got to find a job within about two weeks to four weeks and then wait on HR and God forbid an HR department might make some mistakes or fumble some things. That is setting someone up to fail from the beginning. Absolutely. Do you feel that way? A hundred percent. I honestly felt like that just my entire life. 90 days? Yeah. 90 days. 90 days. What can you do in 90 days? Honestly, so you don't wait for the 90 days to start. I started Mm -hmm. looking for jobs in 2021. Like mm-hmm. literally two years before You've been searching for jobs for two years yes, now already. Yes, I've been always, since I moved here, I always thought a few years in advance of what I could do, trying to make those connections. Unfortunately, COVID times have slowed a lot of opportunities down. A lot of opportunities mm-hmm. that were given to me kind of dwindled because of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. A lot of businesses, especially in the art scene, went bankrupt. And it was a really sad time, especially for, not just for artists, for everyone, both like the physical toll it took on people, people losing their family members, getting sick, but everything else. So what I did, I started looking for jobs so much earlier, like earlier on. And there was a company that I've been interviewing with since October. It's the one I've been telling you about. And it's crazy how slow the process is. It could be like a position that's for June. They start interviewing people like, you know maybe early October, September, but the process is so slow. So if America knows that's how corporate jobs work, how can you let someone have 90 days? So it sounds like a huge disconnect between the reality and practicality mm-hmm. of how yeah. somebody finds mm-hmm. and becomes an employee mm-hmm. or employed yeah. versus the visa process. So yeah. those aren't in alignment to me. That's obvious. If, if it takes HR and processes like that that lead to a hire, if it takes 60 days and 90 days and all this kind of stuff and for them to go through candidates and have mm-hmm. interviews and all this kind of stuff, but then the immigration policy represents 90 days, that's a huge, obvious disconnect. disconnect. So that's a root cause of the problem from the beginning. Absolutely. I, I honestly do believe, I don't want to sound negative, but I do believe that it's setting, setting people up for up failure. Fail. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's... Intentionally, all, probably. Yeah. And... To be honest, I think that's why a lot of foreign students, at least the one that, that I've known, most of them give up. It mm. depends how bad you want something. But I think that you really need to get creative. The ones I've reached out to that graduated before me, a lot of them just build their own film companies. They decided to, instead of like go for an H-1B visa, the classic route that people try to go, they went to like uh, a business visa to, hmm. to build their own business. Oh, and that's wow. the only thing. If you don't have a door, you have to build yourself your own door. But it's hard in 90 Design days. Design a door. Design a door in 90 days. <laughs> wow. It's a little bit of a tough project, you know. And, you know, um, the word tough mm-hmm. kind of brings us to kind of the, the subject matter for today. Oh, yeah. Um, the focus, even though it's all part of a larger picture. Um, yes. And I think starting out with people kind of being set up to fail mm-hmm. with 90 days, but we're going to talk about <laughs> how that being set up to fail continues oh, with God, the way yeah. that our government works and institutions like immigration and visa approvals and mm-hmm. then the actual transportation of your visa from the United States government 
to you via the U.S. Postal Service, which brings us to the meat and potatoes. <laughs> so you, rather than me uh, summarizing and describing your experience of what happened, you tell me or tell us what happened in terms of your visa. So you, you can start as, as far as you want in the beginning with the application. Yeah. You're applying for the visa. Yeah. You're being told that it was approved. Mm -hmm. And then maybe if you were alerted that it was being sent to you and you just tell that story and, and we'll okay. listen to you. Yes. Uh, so like you said, I, I started applying for it in around February, like a month and a half before graduation. And it got approved really quickly. I got it approved in the beginning of February and they shipped it in the beginning of March. So it was great. I was like, oh, I'm going to get a new visa before even graduating. And then I noticed that it said uh, that USPS delivered the visa. What? Yeah, they said they delivered the visa on March 3rd. Wait, or... wait. So let's rewind. Yes. Right. So you applied for the visa on what date? Just uh, so I can set up a February, mental timeline. February 8th. Okay, so February 8th, right? Mm -hmm. 208. That's when you applied for it, right? Yes, and it got approved like literally less than a week later. And so, and so it was a, approved like somewhere around two fifteen, February the fifteenth, somewhere mm, around some, there, something like that, fifteenth, fourteenth, yeah. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that time period, yes. right? So it took a week. Right? Yeah, very quick. So now we're up to February the fifteenth, right, on our little timeline mm -hmm. in space. And after February fifteenth, when did you get the notification that it had been shipped? To you, or um, did you get? Did you yes, get a confirmation that it was shipped? I did. I got actually a <coughs> letter in the mail saying it was like a letter from um, the immigration center. Okay. And it said that uh, my visa has been approved. Yes. And that it's it should come in the next like few days, and they shipped it. I was like, okay, bet. Like, I'm going to keep looking at my mailbox. I'm also kind of like um. When I really need something urgently, I'm the obsessive type to check my mailbox, you know, like three times a day on a minimum. Oh, like wow. literally look through the window and look like if the delivery mail guy is coming, you know, every time I hear their trucks, I like go down. Because your future trajectory depends yes. on this visa yes, that absolutely. you need, right? Yes, and not to mention I That's also... That's something we yeah, take for granted Absolutely, Absolutely, the right to work because for me to apply to jobs, they want to make sure I have... I have the documents to be able to work, you know? Right. And I was already interviewing with companies during that time. So it was really okay. important for me to get it. And then uh, I saw that, like it said, in transit for a while on the website. I was like, okay. And I kept checking my mailbox every day. And whose yes. website are you saying that you thought it was in transit? Was it the, the Visa or Immigration website or U.S. Postal Service? The Visa and Immigration website. So they said, so on their website, they said that your visa was in Transit. transport, mm -hmm. right? Yes, yes. Transition from their offices yes. to you, yes. right? Yes, And every time I checked, like, it shows, like, basically, like, pending, like, still on the way. I was like, okay, interesting. But still, religiously, for the past two months, I've been going to my mailbox multiple times a day, sometimes at night, every time, like, you know. I even, like, look sometimes above the mail and around the trash to see if, like, God forbid, they accidentally misplaced it and threw it in the trash. I went that far. All right. And then uh, a few days ago, I was like, you know what? Let me check the immigration page again because I can't. I keep refreshing like all the time. Right. And then for some reason, I see it's been delivered on March seventh. Although it's a, like in transit, but now it like goes and like changes the past. March seventh. Delivered. So that's like seven weeks ago. Yeah. So seven weeks ago, on March seventh, and and 
going back, mm-hmm. March 15th is when they told you it was approved and would be February. delivered. I'm sorry, February the 15th. Oh, actually, that was, yes. But then I got a letter from them on March 1st okay. saying it's on the way. Okay. And then fast forward to roughly around March the 8th mm-hmm. when you're being told that it's been delivered. Yes. Which, you know, it going back from today yeah. was about seven weeks. Right. And so seven weeks ago, they said you're... Visa had been delivered to your residence, yes. to your address. Yes. But it wasn't. It wasn't. I, I checked. I should also add that was the same week that um, my credit card that got shipped in the mail magically disappeared out of the, the mailbox. And I know it's never been, it has never been delivered. Like I so check it all it the time. So it wasn't, so, and that builds us to where we're, we're headed. Yes. So it wasn't just the thing from immigration or from Visa yes. Yes. that disappeared. It was also your credit card. So more than one thing yes. that would have been delivered by the United Absolutely. States Postal Service it was supposed to be delivered, delivered in the same week. It disappeared. Disappeared. They didn't want to help me. I called them about the credit card in the beginning because with the Visa, they notified me that it takes like, it could take up to 16 weeks to get your Visa, which is a really long time when you think about it. That's like... Four months. 16 weeks? Yes. That's the, that's the time span? Yeah, up to 16 weeks. Right. That's what? Four months. Yes. Right? Four times four is yes. 16. It's more than 90 days when you yeah. think about it. Yeah, it's four months. Mm, yeah. Um, 120 days. Yeah, so, so it's up over to, like that. So between zero days and 120 days or yeah, four months. Yeah, and you, you really don't know. Right. 16. Right. Uh, yeah. I didn't even know where the address of the sender, which which immigration center it's being sent from, you know, because there is one in every city in this country. So I didn't know how long it will take, but I did know that I had a credit card coming in because mine was about to expire. Okay. Because it didn't show up, I was like, okay, maybe maybe the one of the the people in the the mail delivery forgot to put it in and marked it as delivered because mm-hmm. that's the thing, it was marked delivered. And I got a notification in my email that day saying, okay, it's been delivered right now. I run to the mailbox to get my credit card. My mailbox is empty. So, and that was around the same time that the visa allegedly was supposed to get in. So that just shows us a lot about just the United States Postal Office and how they handle things. I called customer service. They did absolutely nothing to help me. And I had to have my account suspended for two weeks until I finally got the delivery of the first one. Like for two weeks, I had no credit card, just had to use whatever cash I had on me. So that actually did ultimately get delivered. Uh, yes, because they shipped a new one. I called the bank. The bank helped me. Right. And they delivered a new one. But that wasn't the case with the visa. No. Um, and before we talk about like some steps and solutions and, and, you know, let me just say anybody out there, who can help Eden, We I would really appreciate it. You can reach out to me. You can email me at mlcofgreateratlanta at gmail.com. You can reach out to my practices or whatever. There's That's the reason why we're doing this episode, because this should not be happening. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that uh, in a second. But, I mean, this should not be the experience of people. Um, you know, I tell people um, in 2021, I remember in the middle of COVID, I took a trip to Puerto Rico. And at that time in 2021, if you were going to uh, a U.S. territory, um, because Puerto Rico is part of the United States, um, you had to prove uh, with a 72-hour PCR test that you were COVID negative. And I got that done. And luckily, my results came out on the same day that I arrived um, in Puerto Rico. Um 
But when I got to the airport in Puerto Rico after I got my bags and everything, there were tons of security people there who had everything automated. They knew what I looked like. They knew where I got my lab testing done. They knew everything about me. They had my itinerary number for Expedia. It was all automated. In the United States, none of that's the case. And we're supposed to be the most advanced nation on the planet. Now, I'll say there are some places that have some technology, certainly, that we don't have, I think. And, and Israel comes to mind when it comes to, like, you know, technology and things like that. Israel's at the top of the list. Um but I just don't understand in the most advanced nation in the world why we can't have an automated system. And this is a system I'm talking about for <laughs> U.S. citizens, mm-hmm. right? We don't have that, but they have it in Puerto Rico. So how can Puerto Rico figure <laughs> it out? And we can't. Yeah. The same thing is true for Cuba. Cuba's not, you know, Cuba is its own nation. Mm-hmm. But in Cuba, they have a vaccine for lung cancer, a vaccine for lung cancer. It's not in the United States. Why is that? So there are a lot of things that we need to... Fix. There are a lot of things we get mm-hmm. right, but there are a whole bunch of things that we mm-hmm. need to fix. Mm-hmm. And that brings me to the U.S. Postal Service. So, you know, I'm not sure how many people remember this, but a few years ago, um, I can't remember if it was, you know, a political ad. I believe it was a political ad, but it may have been a, a candidate. But basically, the ad basically was talking about the incompetence of the U.S. Postal Service and how we lose money as a country on it, Right. Now, when people, and and I'm just going to say this, um, I don't have anything against the U.S. Postal Service, but there are common, common memes about U.S. Postal Service, (laughs) common things that people believe, right? One of those things that people believe is that people at the U.S. Postal Service have, have or might have a bad attitude because they can't get fired. That's a common thing. That's not something I'm saying or I'm making up. That's just a common belief. People believe that a lot of government employees, including people for the U.S. Postal Service, and I'm not saying all government employees, but specifically with the U.S. Postal Service, a lot of people believe that they really don't care because they're just waiting for their pension, they get benefits, and they really don't care. They just want to clock in, clock out, get a paycheck, and they can't be fired. That's the belief. That's not something I created. That's just a common belief, right? Mm-hmm. And it had to come from somewhere. Yeah. It didn't just appear out of nowhere. The other thing, too, is when I ship stuff, I don't ship at U.S. Postal Service. And one of the things that I noticed is at one point in time, maybe if you go back 10 or 15 years, it was cheaper to ship things to the U.S. Postal Service. And it's just like, okay, maybe it's not as reliable or as fast as UPS or FedEx. But, you know, I'll save a couple of bucks and it'll still get here. That's not even the case anymore. Mm-hmm. I know, like, you know, people that I've talked to and even when I've gone, <clears throat> excuse me, the last maybe time that I went to the U.S. Postal Service for something, maybe five, six, seven years ago or something just to compare prices because I had to ship something large or I had to ship a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. or the holidays or gifts or whatever. I looked at the prices and I'm like, I might as well go UPS. And they sh- they'd show prices. They showed this is... U.S. Postal Service, and this is UPS, and this is FedEx, and the UPS price would be a dollar cheaper. So instead of paying UPS $24, I'd pay the U.S. Postal Service $23, but then it would show up a week later, or three days later, or twice as much time, and it just didn't make sense. So I just said, okay, so I'm getting inferior service, but I'm going to pay about the same. What's the point? Yeah. And then I've got to pay, you know, whatever for a tracking number and all that stuff, and everybody knows that UPS and FedEx have a much better, higher success rate. Mm-hmm. And performance rate in terms of package delivery, and that's why people are willing to pay more. People would not be willing to pay more to ship stuff UPS and FedEx and maybe even Airborne or Overnight or whatever it is mm-hmm. 
using those versus the U.S. Postal Service because they know it's 99.9% of the time they're going to get their package on time or early, right? Right. So that's what the marketplace says. That's where the rubber hits the road. Right. Um, but I do remember, uh, you know, commercials and advertisements that said basically that the U.S. Postal Service should be gotten rid of because it was just eating funds. Mm-hmm. Um, it was incompetent. It, it didn't deliver what it was supposed to. Um, and if it weren't part of the U.S. government, it would fail, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. it kind of, it's like too, being too big to fail. Yes. Right? Like a bank that's too big to fail or something like that. Yes. But, you know, when it comes to people's ability to stay in this country, and, and it's considering the, you know, I'm just thinking, I would love to go to Israel. I have not been to Israel. Mm-hmm. I really would love to go to Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I know that, you know, synagogues here sponsor trips uh, mm-hmm. for people to go to Israel. And those trips are like, you know, $7,000. I mean, they're expensive. Mm-hmm. So for somebody like you, depending on a visa, and it gets shipped d- through the least competent way, mm-hmm. and you have no choice. You don't get to choose whether it goes UPS or FedEx mm-hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. And you've got 90 days, and your life is on the line depending on... Something like the U.S. Postal Service. Right. And mind this. you, like the visas is $400 to apply for. Wow. $400. $400 just to apply even if it doesn't guarantee that you'll stay. It's like playing limbo. You know, and the thing about it is 90 days. So it goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's like setting you up to fail. Yeah. And not only that, we're not going to just make it so that you're set up to fail within 90 days mm-hmm. and your ability to find employment within 90 days, we're going to set you up again to fail by getting the U.S. Postal Service to deliver your visa. <laughs> yes. yes. Right? If I wanted to create, and, and I'm just, this is the way that I think, mm-hmm. reverse engineering. If I wanted to engineer a way for you to fail instead of succeeding, that's what i do. Yeah. I'd shorten the window period for you to get a job. Okay, Eden, you've got one week to get a job. If you don't, you got to leave the country. And never mind the fact that it costs $7,000 for a flight, right? <laughs> yes. That's one thing I'd do. And then I'd say, oh, well, yeah, I'm just going to shut out your visa using the most unreliable means, most incompetent means possible. So yes. we'll send it out UPS. We're not going to use FedEx or UPS or somewhere we could use collective bargaining with to get a lower rate. Yeah. No, we're going to use the most unreliable, the most incompetent the, the, the means that most people don't choose when they've got important documents, mm-hmm. right? When it comes to regular mail, credit card bills, stuff like that, it gets in UPS, U.S. Postal Service. But when people want stuff that's important, like a credit card mm-hmm. or like a passport or things that they can control how quickly yeah. it gets there yeah. or like a gift, yeah, what do they choose? UPS and FedEx. But yeah. we don't afford the same thing for somebody who's very livelihood and ability to stay in this country legally, we right. don't choose that. Right. Um, so, you know, you and I talked about some solutions, right? Uh, and, you know, like I'll reiterate this again. Anybody out there who has resources, who has experience with these kind of circumstances, you know, one of the things that I did, we did in this office, is I tried to pull up legal resources. So I looked up, you know, pro bono legal aid, for immigration cases and stuff like that. And I mean, it's, a lot of stuff came up. Um, a lot of organizations, uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center came up. Um, I believe they have an office here. Several other legal aid offices came up. But, you know, the thing about it is, is you're operating against the clock now. So even yeah. if those organizations and institutions were able to help you, I don't know how much they can do 
before you have to leave. And that's that's the conundrum. So anybody out there who can help Eden, <coughs> excuse me, whether you're an attorney or a judge or, you know, you're part of an organization that helps students stay in this country legally, uh, you know, uh, Eden is an illustrator. She's a talented illustrator. She graduated at the top of her class. Um, she's hardworking. Uh, she's artistic in a lot of different ways. She's looking for an employment. She's She is a sprightly, shining example of the kind of talent we should want in this country. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. And anybody out there who can do anything, I don't care if you know somebody, if you know somebody who knows somebody, at the U.S. Postal Service, at immigration, at uh, the visa office, at an attorney's office, at a judge's office, a court system, I don't care. Reach out to me, please. My email address is mlcofgreateratlanta at gmail.com. Reach out to me. Now, Eden, tell me a little bit more about what you've done so far to kind of rectify this. You mentioned the part about the U.S. Postal Service. What happened when you tried to reach out to the immigration department? They, they basically told me that they don't take responsibility for what happened and that I should just contact the U USPS, and I said I did, but... They basically said, well, you can apply for a new visa no. and wait. Like, And here's the thing. You also have to wait for the application process to finish for them to approve it. And after the approval, it takes more time and it could take, again, like up to 120 days for them to ship your card. It may, And then you have to pay another $400. What am I paying for an extra $400 for, for USPS, like not being responsible? So I asked, and then I got, like, the, the first lady I talked to hung up on me in the middle of me talking in a sentence. She what? hung up. Yeah, and the immigration, they, and the immigration department, they don't really, I don't want to say this about everyone. I'm sure there is kind and nice people there that have sympathy. But some people look at foreign or, like, immigrants as, like, like human, like, mm -hmm. like, you know, like, they're above us and we're just, like, below the ground. As if you need them. But they don't need you. Yeah. Is that absolutely. how it makes you feel? Yes. And honestly, like, I don't know how some of the people were put in those positions because, like, the minimum is if you deal, if you want to work for an immigration department, I'm assuming you're, you want to be humane at least and respect people and listen to the stories and try to position yourself. What would you do if you were in their shoes and how could you give them the best service from the position you're sitting in right now? And that's called the golden rule, right? Yes, yes. Treating people the way that you want to be treated. Basic, mm -hmm. what you said, humanity. Yes. Being humane. I know. What a Which concept is, these days. <laughs> it, it, you know, it is. Mm -hmm. Because it's absent from so many things. And I think COVID's made it worse. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, and, and, you know, one of the reasons supposedly, now I think it's price gouging too, but supposedly one of the reasons why prices are inflated in this country is because of logistic issues, mm -hmm. right? And logistics include the U.S. Postal Service and shipping stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It's just not production in factories, but it's getting things from one place to another. You know, whether you're talking about 18-wheelers and trucking companies mm -hmm. and things like that, mm -hmm. we've got some known logistic issues. And, you know, I just think it's kind of ironic that we recently had the most powerful rocket on the planet go up, um, you know, in flames or whatever mm -hmm. recently. We can make it to foreign planets and we've got a telescope that can see foreign galaxies, but we can't even get the mail delivered. <laughs> um, essentially, yeah. you know, here's a galaxy yeah. with, you know, aliens or, you know, whatever. Yeah. We can see foreign galaxies and nebulas and mm -hmm. black holes and stars, but 
your mail won't get there, but yeah. here's an image you can see of right. of Alpha Centauri. You know, like <laughs> it's just such a disconnect. Yeah. Um, what do you plan? To, so how much? Tell me. So just so I get a sense and mm-hmm. people get a sense, how much time do you have left in this country, Eden, before so, you have to leave? Um, my start date is May fifteenth, and after <clears throat> May fifteenth, I have ninety days. Mm-hmm. And we're approaching the end of April, so I have about 105 days. Wow. You know, I think of some of the things that make me, that create anxiety and stress and worry in my life, and I just could not imagine. And I mean, honestly, <coughs> excuse me, this is kind of a learning experience for me because even though I've lived outside the United States, you know, I studied law in Europe um, after I finished college. Um, you know, and I can't remember, like, I'm trying to remember, I had a passport at the time. I don't know about the visa and all that kind of stuff. It was in Holland, and, and I don't think I had to go through any of that stuff, uh, or somebody else took care of it for me. Um, but, you know, just when I kind of think about, um, you know, how stressful it is to find a job right after you just graduated from college... excuse me, finding a job in 90 days. And then on top of that, you've got the added worry of not having the documents that prove that you actually belong here. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I think of some of the things that I see on the news, you know, just like interactions with people in the police and when people don't have their registration or their tags or their driver's license and things like that. But, you know, it's, it, it can be, you know, tense enough with American citizens, but when you're talking about somebody who has to prove that they even belong or are allowed to be in this country, that's doubly tough because not only you've got the challenges associated with finding a job, but now you've got to have, you got to find a way to get the document that proves that you're allowed to stay here, that you spent money and waited for and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And when you just finished school, um, just tell me a little bit how you're feeling right now. Um, it's, it's an interesting feeling. A part of me is like apathy because I'm, I'm tired. I think like living exhausted. here. Exhausted. Yeah. By this process. By this. Yeah. It's, it's been a really um, frustrating process and more so than anything, it's, it seems like this country is like, doesn't have a problem like accepting us here to like come study and like help their economy. But after that, it, it feels like they just, they just don't care. You know, and, like, it's not just, like, people in immigration. It's people that work at my school. Like, some of the advice that I got from people working at the school was insane, like, in a bad way. And it seems like um, you're trying to ask for help and questions, and, like, everyone just, like, sees you and closes the door. And it's not like you're asking them to give you anything. You just want help. You just want advice. You just want to ask them, well, this is, basically, this this mistake is on you. How do we fix this, you know? Right. So, yeah, just very frustrated, and I think I got used to living here. There's a lot of problems in this country, but at least, uh, I don't know how much I could say it's peaceful, but coming from the Middle East, it's it's very different, you know? Yeah. Um, what do you plan to do going forward? So, so let me just, so I understand the timeline again. I have to go back, because that's just how my yeah. mind works, right? Yeah. So, you said May the, what date? May the May 15th? May 15th is so the May 15th. start date is the start date, and then 90 days from then. Yeah. So that's, uh, let's see, June, July, August, August mm-hmm. 15th, mm-hmm. right? 
That's what the, that's what you've been approved for, not that you have proof of it, because of this whole thing with <laughs> yeah. the U.S. Postal Service. But that's what you were approved allegedly yeah. by the U.S. government by right. immigration yeah. to be here until roughly yeah. the middle yeah. of August. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And in addition to you know the challenges mm-hmm. and stress associated with finding a job, yeah. you also are trying to get your visa yeah. to stay here for yeah. that period of time. Um, what do you plan on doing? So that gives you like. Uh, let's see, 90 days plus two weeks, so that's roughly about 115 days that you have, because we're almost at the end so of April now. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. 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 You're right. About 105 days. So, yes. what do you plan on doing? Uh, honestly, I I'll just keep <laughs> applying to jobs at this point, and I'm I'm probably going to try to see a pro bono lawyer. To, to see, like, if I could just have the immigration office ship me, like, issue a new visa without me having to pay for it and reapply because I'm not going to pay for a mistake I didn't make. Just based on principle alone, I'm not going to do right. it. Right. You shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to. And I think, like, uh, I might... I was thinking of opening my own business, and right. I don't know how to do it in 90 days, but I'm also a tattoo artist, and I have a lot of tattoo experience already. Okay. So I might I'm looking for a space actually to to create that even if it's like mm-hmm. a little space to rent or a mm-hmm. space that someone wouldn't mind like giving like a little booth to another artist it could be a private studio. Um I I would just love to do that. That would be enough for me in the beginning cuz I could be I could be like uh self-employed too. Just have to come up with a plan. Right. You know and that brings me something that, that I noticed on social media um, recently, and then um, I'll kind of relate an anecdote about that, and then we'll kind of wrap up for today. Um, but recently, and, and so I'll just say, so, you know, I use uh, Facebook mainly for my uh, Facebook groups. I have three Facebook groups. One is public. It's called GROW, capital G-R-O-W, all caps. And then I have two other uh, groups that are not public, they're private. They're called Fresh Start with Dr. David pod, uh, uh, Facebook group and then New Balance with Dr. David. But on my mother's timeline, I noticed there was a video and it was a video of this guy on a motorized bicycle, I believe it was, picking up all these groceries from Walmart. And I believe in the video they said that he lived a mile away, right? But the person who posted the video, and I think they posted multiple of this guy, carrying everything from televisions to groceries and everything. And he'd have like 18 bags of groceries and he had all these zip ties and all these ingenuous ways. And, you know, and it was interesting. The the video was informative, but I kind of commented and I actually shared it on my Facebook page. So if you visit my Facebook page, if you do a search for David Wright and visit my Facebook page, you'll see a video if you scroll down. Uh, But I basically said this, instead of filming this guy, and what he's doing, why don't we start a project to help him? Why don't we start a, a GoFundMe account for this guy and help this guy get a car? Mm-hmm. He's obviously struggling, you know? Help one person, yeah. right? Yeah. Help one person. And we live in a society where everybody's kind of like a bystander. Everybody's mm-hmm. standing by mm-hmm. videotaping and recording and mm-hmm. taking photos of everything and, oh, look at this. Why don't we actually act and help somebody, right? That's mm-hmm. why I have the kind of practices mm-hmm. that I do mm-hmm. to make a difference in someone's life by action, Absolutely. not by just observing yeah. and recording. Don't just record something. Don't just observe something. Mm-hmm. Actually help somebody, right? And I'm going to I'm gonna make the same plea here. 
for, for people today. Do something to help Eaton. Pay it forward. Pay it forward, right? I will do whatever I can. I've, you know, provided Thank her with you. some resources. Appreciate I've it. done some searches. I've reached out to some people, including um, one one attorney here, um, who whose advice that I trust and believe in. Um, but use this as an opportunity to pay it forward. Make a call. Mm-hmm. Reach out to somebody. Ask somebody. Reach out to somebody who works in the legal system, who works in immigration, who works for U.S. Postal Service, <coughs> excuse me, who works for the consulate, who works for this or that. I don't care who it is, but do something to pay it forward. Don't be, just be an observer. Actually help somebody. And like I said, I will do whatever I can in my power to help you, Eden. I want to see Thank you stay you. in this country. And, you know, the thing about it is, you know, there are a lot of different ways you can help. Maybe your company needs an illustrator. You know, every website has illustrations. I know mine does. I paid a company to create the logos from my website and, you know, and things like that. I mean, Eden is an illustrator. She's a tattoo artist. Maybe you're a tattoo artist uh, with a shop that can employ her. Maybe you're a tattoo uh, uh, shop owner or parlor owner who can help her with a job. Do something. Make a difference, right? Host somebody, help somebody, extend a hand, pay it forward, use karma. Um, you know, adversities are opportunities for us to grow as people. This experience is forcing Eden to grow and go outside her comfort zones in a lot of ways. It's actually teaching me a lot and helping me to not necessarily take for granted all the things that were guaranteed by being American citizens in this country. But do something. If you have a company and you guys need help with your website, you need a graphic designer, you need an illustrator, you need things to help with your marketing efforts, mm-hmm. hire Eden. Reach out to me. I'll, I'll put you in touch with her. If you've got a magazine that needs illustrations, reach out to me. If your company needs help with marketing things that require illustration, reach out to me. Reach out to me. Pay it forward. Help somebody. Be a beneficial force in this country. Thank you so much, Dr. David. I appreciate all you of are this. so welcome. I appreciate this greatly. Even someone taking the time of day to actually be here and say, let's sit down and talk about this. That's very refreshing for people, mm. even if they haven't necessarily been in the same position, wanting to create this form of, you know, relatability and, and showing humanity, which shouldn't be rare. That's the key here. Yeah. Who are we as a species? Humanity. Right. Yeah. And and it reminds me of kind of what I got through talking about earlier in the in the podcast that I did recently about AI and all this kind of stuff. All this technology is making it easier to do certain things. It's also making us lazy. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's lost in all this technology is humanity. Humanity. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. We're humans. We are a species, and if we don't act like it, we're going to lose it. Absolutely. We're going to lose it, and all the stuff that you see in science fiction movies from the Matrix. To Terminator and all that mm-hmm. stuff is going to become true because mm-hmm. we are going to lose our humanity. Absolutely. I agree with that. So show some humanity and help Eden if you can. You can reach out to me, my email address, mlcofgreateratlanta at gmail.com. You can reach out to me on Facebook. You can reach out to me any way possible. You can reach out to me on my practice websites, www.mlcoga.com www.atlantacoaching.com. You can reach out to me through my podcast, Fresh Start with Dr. David, but reach out to me. If you have any advice, if you have any resource, anybody you know, any person you know, 
related to any of these things, the U.S. Postal Service, Immigration Office, the Visa Office, employment opportunities for Eden as an illustrator, as a tattoo artist or anything, please reach out to me uh, and pay it forward. If we all pay it forward, we're going to make this country what it should be, right? We'll really make it the greatest country on earth, but we've got to do it, each one of us, with little bitty action steps and things that we can do to pay it forward. Hey, thanks so much for being a guest today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it so much. Thank you again. And regardless of how this plays out, I wish you the best, whether it's here or in Israel or whatever. I promise you uh, it's going to work out one way or another, and this process is going to bring out the best version of you. Thank you so much, Dr. David. Thank you for having me on your podcast today. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Definitely check out um, the other episodes that I did on self-care and self-love. Um, and if there's anything you can do to help Eden, please reach out to me. And with that, I'm going to close out. Thanks so much, Eden. Take care. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye.